This is the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, created by the team of Becker's Healthcare, a multimedia company devoted to the people who power U.S. healthcare. Four new 15-minute episodes are released daily, containing industry news, analysis, and thought leadership from powerful healthcare decision makers. Support our show by leaving it a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or other platforms you use. It's a chance to tell us what you like about the show and act on your feedback. Thanks for listening. Now here's the episode. This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. We're thrilled today to get to visit with Dr. Bobby Chabra. Dr. Chabra has had this fascinating career, both uh, Johns Hopkins, University of Virginia, he's a long-term University of Virginia person. He, he is a professor and chair of the orthopedics department at University of Virginia uh, Health System and, and just a brilliant, brilliant physician leader. Dr. Chabra, can you take a moment, tell us a bit about yourself and, and, and your current roles? Yeah, thank you, uh, Scott. It's a true uh, pleasure and honor to be on this podcast. Uh, yes, you mentioned uh, I have had my entire career at the University of Virginia. I did my medical school and orthopedic residency training here at UVA and did my hand and upper extremity fellowship in, in Texas and San Antonio and Dallas before I came back on faculty at, U, at UVA in 2002. I uh, have been very fortunate to have had a lot of great mentors here and had a great opportunity to be part of a, a growing, thriving department. But I'm, yeah, currently the professor and chair of the Department of Orthopedic Surgery at UVA. I'm in my 11th year as chair of the department. And I'm also a director of the UVA Orthopedic Center, uh, which is a facility that uh, took 10 years to build. And it's a comprehensive orthopedic center, 200,000 square foot orthopedic center. Uh, that has all our clinics and offices, education space, outpatient ORs, uh, and and our entire um, outpatient practice here in this this large facility that opened two years ago. And it took ten years to build, and I was uh, the driving force behind the design, development, and navigating all the politics and and obstacles in a university uh, health system. Uh, but very proud of the center, and very fortunate to have had. Uh, the opportunity to work here at UVA and and also uh, experience the the stresses of orthopedic surgery and in, of medicine that we're experiencing currently and trying to figure out how to navigate it and as I grow the orthopedic department here at UVA. And, and when you look at sort of your, your core role in growing the orthopedic department, is that nurturing? new physicians how do how do you sort of view that role or helping physicians thrive what what is what is the core of being a great chair of a department today and particularly one that's as important as orthopedics those are all important but but what, what is the key to leading a great department yeah that's a that's a great question and and i had a lot of great role models uh and mentors uh that helped me and uh, made me realize what is important i think what's important, particularly in my position at an academic health system, is you got to recruit and retain the best people. And you got to create culture that uh, is not only patient-centric, but one that supports the academic missions of, of research and education and faculty development. So mentoring young faculty so that they're successful is critically important. And I, I think that that's something I really enjoy uh, doing in my role. So hiring people, de developing the right culture uh, and hiring the right staff members and then supporting our residents and fellows and faculty members so they can achieve their uh, professional goals. It's a, a very gratifying part of what I do. Uh, 
outside of take care of patients. Um, and then the other great aspects of, I think, important aspects of being a leader in orthopedics is understanding your business. You know, I, I am very uh, involved a lot of times when you're in a health system, you, you have a lot of people uh, that are uh, interfering with your ability to learn the business. So I think it's very important that you understand the finances of your department and the contributions you make to the health system and where you have opportunities to grow revenue and decrease costs. I also served as the president of the physicians group here for several years, and I learned the, the, the finances of the health system as a whole. And understanding the finances is a big part of being a successful leader. But what brings me to work every day and gets me excited is, is growing the department, hiring the right individuals, developing the, the right culture, and uh, making sure that my faculty members thrive and being a good mentor to my uh, residents, fellows, and faculty. Thank you. And, and when you think about sort of leadership and advice to emerging leaders, this this great balance of knowing your business, knowing your craft, knowing the role, knowing what orthopedic surgeons do, you know, all these different pieces of it, coupled with personal skills. How important is that balance of being able to deal with people together with knowing the business and knowing the, you know, the craft and, 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 and what you all do professionally? Yeah. So, you know, to be a successful mentor, you have to know uh, the people you're mentoring. So getting to know your faculty members, getting to know your team members uh, and understanding what they're passionate about and supporting that passion is critical for their success and is critical for the success of a department. Um, so to me, that personal aspect of it is often lost because we look at the finances, we look at RVUs, we look at clinic visits, template utilization, and you lose the personal aspect of being a leader because you're too focused on the data. But the reality is, is you need to create a culture that supports the individual and supports the team member and develops collaboration across the team so that they can achieve those personal and professional goals. So the personal aspect of it is something that I work very hard on and I meet with my team members uh, regularly, frequently and get to know them and, and find out what they're passionate about and what drives them so that you can support their success and support their career. Thank you. And when you look at sort of this next coming year, what are you most focused on and excited about as you look at this next year, 2024? So I think um, there's things that I'm nervous about and there's things that I'm excited about. Uh, the things that I'm most excited about is the uh, evolving technology that we're seeing in orthopedic surgery, the virtual reality in education, virtual reality in, in, in surgery, the obviously robotics. Uh, we just uh, trialed a uh, robotic uh, microsurgery uh, technology here at UVA. And it's really fascinating how the field is growing. Being part of a big uh, research institution, seeing the, the advances that are in the pipeline for improving uh, healing in, in musculoskeletal tissues are, is, is really exciting. Uh, so, so evolving technology, uh, I think we need to best understand how to incorporate that in orthopedic practice because it's expensive and we have to know 
which of these technologies actually help us from an education standpoint and help us from a clinical care standpoint. Uh, so I'm really excited about uh, the technology that is 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 uh, in the pipeline to help us better take care of patients and and also help better education educate the next generation of of surgeons. And, and what technology are you most excited about? Then I'll ask you a question about surgeon education as well. Like when you look at the different technologies that are out there, whether clinical, administrative, AI driven. What's most exciting to you? What, what do you think about like what first comes to mind that not necessarily the, it'll be the biggest impact, but what, what, what are you most excited about currently? From a technology standpoint, as I mentioned, um, I think the, the virtual reality um, uh, modules, I know they're being uh, explored for total joint replacement in the OR, uh, as well as for spine surgery. Um, so, so I think how to incorporate AI and virtual reality into the ORs uh, so you can improve outcomes of surgery is something that is very interesting to me. Whether it pans out, it's, it remains to be seen. From an AI standpoint, I do think that we can run more efficiently, understand our business better, and we need to streamline uh, a lot of the functions that are necessary to support the clinical work, a lot of the administrative functions. So is there a way to do that uh, by um, uh, uh, automating some of the things we're doing by hand, and and uh, it is very inefficient. So there's ways to better run the practice, better run the um, uh, the the um, your your department, uh, and figuring out how to incorporate this new technology. The other thing is that more and more of orthopedics is becoming outpatient, and we are still. At, across the country using inpatient expensive space to, to take care of outpatient orthopedics, right? We just opened an outpatient joint replacement center this uh, two years ago in our orthopedic UVA orthopedic center, and we're doing hips, knees, shoulders, elbows, ankle uh, joint replacements as an outpatient now and not utilizing main OR space for in, that is taking up space for inpatient cases. So the transition to outpatient surgery is going to continue in orthopedics. And I think we, we need to continue to explore better pain management regimens, better out, uh, patient education on procedures that were norm previously inpatient are now becoming outpatient. So they understand and they have the appropriate expectations for having outpatient orthopedic surgery. So this transition is going to continue. So we need to understand better technology to, to provide outpatient care for our surgeries and improve our outcomes. And efficiency in all the administrative functions is going to be benefited by AI and a lot of the technology that we're seeing from an automation standpoint. Thank you. And one last um question for you in terms of you mentioned streamlining so orthopedics is still one of the most desired residency specialties and fellowships for medical students and for residents uh residency slots can there be anything done to streamline medical education it seems like running into this daunting shortage in so many parts of the country of specialist primary care physicians compared to the growing and aging population can we do anything to streamline medical education in our country so that's a that's a, a a tough question to answer. You're right. There's going to be a significant physician shortage by 2030. We have a lot of physicians retiring early because of a variety of reasons, uh, particularly post-pandemic. And we don't have enough residency spots in this country. We have more and more medical school spots. There's more medical schools opening, but we need more residency spots in many of the specialties if we're going to deal with uh, the, de the deficit that we're going to have. 
uh, in, the, in physicians over the next uh, 10 years. So streamlining education is very interesting you say that because there are a lot of efforts being made to incorporate technology into education. So now we, I just purchased two platform, virtual reality platforms for, for educating our residents. Our junior residents can start learning anatomy, start doing arthroscopic uh, knee and shoulder cases, all with virtual reality. It's really incredible technology, uh, like playing a video game, but it's, it's better to train them in, in, in this manner before they skip their first experiences in the OR on, on patients. So incorporating more virtual reality, incorporating more AI to the education process will help streamline that. Now, whether it will reduce the time to train, I don't think that will happen because experience just comes with time, but we have to increase the number of residency positions across the, the country in various specialties so that we can meet the, the demand for the future and the fact that we're going to have a physician shortage. If you're increasing medical school spots and graduating more MDs and DOs, you need to increase the number of residency training spots so that we can meet that future demand. But we also have to incorporate technology into education, and we can better train residents if we incorporate that technology and make them more comfortable in caring for patients and in the operating. Dr. Chabra, I wanna thank you so much for joining us today. What, what a pleasure to visit with you. What a remarkable career in leadership. Thank you for joining us today on the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. It's truly an honor and, and thank you for the invitation. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks. To help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there.